Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I'm here with Tim Jacobus. Tim, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Really excited about this. I have the best 90s Pinterest board in the entire world. I am so nostalgic for the 90s. I found you on this article. I think it was on It's Nice That. And then I went to your website and discovered all these iconic images that were huge and probably in some ways made me want to become a designer in, in some small way. It's just amazing to have you on the show. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Yeah, I'm try thanks, my, for, uh, thanks for all the kind words. I'm going to try my best not to fanboy, but we will get through it. And don't <laughs> don't question me about what was in those books because the designer and me loved the outside of them, but the ADD creative brain read a couple pages into it. I was more of a covers kind of guy than, than a... You were a, a collector. Book. Yeah, yeah. I have... To this day, I have beautiful books that I have not read, but they look very good on my bookshelf. So, but uh, take me from the beginning, though. Let's let's start at sort of the origin story. You're at your grandparents' house. You get a set of markers. You know, <laughs> uh, you come from a long line of illustrators. Your father was uh, an, an Imagineer or something. Uh, yeah, none of that. that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, although my father could draw, uh, okay. that's, that is a you know that that is something that was. Uh, common in our, in my house. Um, but we didn't, you know, I never looked at, uh, illustration or art or drawing as any sort of stepping stone or to a career. My dad could draw well enough to where when he was describing something, he would then, you know, take a, a napkin or flip over a piece of paper and he would draw something, you know, to help hammer home his point, you know, oh, I'm building a deck on the back of the house yeah. and it's going to look like this. Mm -hmm. And he would just do a quick sketch. So the concept of uh, drawing to communicate was, you know, was prevalent and, you know, it kind of hit home and I began to do that as well. Um, my parents kept, you know, pencils and, and markers and, uh, my father was a, a pharmaceutical manufacturer and uh, they had uh, these stainless steel tables that they would work on. And of course, everything had to be sanitary. So they had these large rolls of uh, four foot wide by never ending uh, uh, amounts of paper on it. You know, maybe there'd be 20 feet on there and they would constantly be covering the tables with them. And then when they would get to the end of the roll, there was a certain point where they would just cut it off and put a fresh roll on. Well, we would get those end parts of the roll and there was still, you know, 40 good feet of, of white drawing paper oh, and yeah. it was monstrous. So we weren't drawing, you know, uh, you know, comic book or, or coloring book size. We were drawing, you know, full out, out of home signage. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Monsters my, that were bigger than mom. Yeah. Bigger than us. My grandpa was a land surveyor actually. And he had all these stencils and stuff and, and he too had sort of the, the roll paper. So there's already, already we're, we're connecting. This is there beautiful. You go. There yeah. you go. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically where it started, but it was way, way, way late in my high school days before um, I, you know, somebody, spoke the right words and showed me uh commercial art and showed art as a, a you know less fine art and more of the commercial application of art and that's when i got hooked so i was you know i was i had already signed up to go to college and i was going to take your basic business courses 
And then I stumbled onto this commercial art thing. And uh, I asked my, my father if I could switch from going to college to go into to art school. Wow. So um, that didn't go over well. That yeah. <laughs> so uh, He's like, I make, a, I make a couple of pencil sketches and now you want to go to art school? Like what's going on here? Bro? Yeah. And again, you know, it, uh, he's a guy who worked his whole life at, you know, uh, in the same business and in his head and he grew up very poor and you know he went from you know truly truly having nothing to giving us a nice middle class uh you know way to grow up you know a house and he had three kids and two cars and um so in his mind that's the way you want to do it you want to go work for somebody and the idea of that whole insecurity of uh, and of course i'm sure at the ripe old age of 18, I was not describing it, mm -hmm. uh, my, my future in, in ways that were acceptable. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, it was a, you know, it was a rough, it was a rough start, but, um, um, my parents were always very supportive and, um, I think they might've even looked at it as well. You can go there for a year and if, you know, all else fails, you can go back and, and right. still do the, the traditional yeah. college route. Yeah, that's cool. I just love that so many people share these stories. And that's one of the things that I want to do on this show is to, to kind of talk about the, the in-between times because people see, you know, Scholastic Book Fair, Goosebumps, all, you know, the success, these incredible iconic things. And they think that, you know, like they're waiting for that like big break. What they don't know is that there are years and years and years that go by of financial insecurity, of having to justify it to your parents. And, you know, my dad recently said to me, he said that, you know, he's proud of the of what has come to fruition. But when I first set out on it, I was so spinning my wheels about things that it didn't exactly give him a vote of confidence. And, you know, now I'm talking to people and, and it's, you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. But as you know, it's hard. It's really, really, I'm 31 now. And I understand the scheme of things. It's probably still really young. But looking back on my 20s, I was so resentful and so angry at my parents for not believing in my divine vision. But I think a lot of I, yeah, and, and forget I'm sure you had the same the, the same thing where you at the time now, you know, I'm much older yeah. now. And when I look back, and I have a kid and I can see my father's and mother's point of view so crystal clear now, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. it's so, but back then I'm going, you know, what's wrong with you people? How can, you know, why don't you understand? You know, of course this is going to work. And, you know, they had a lifetime of experience and lifetime of things not going the way you think they might go. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know, what's cool is you just said that your father, you know, after maybe not, thinking it was a great plan has, has said, you know, that he's proud of you of what you've accomplished. And that's cool. Like, that's a big thing is being able to look back and go, yeah, I know I gave you a hard time, but you know, right. it's also important to say, Hey, I made a mistake and you know, good for you. You made the yeah. right move. It was that and a couple of cores, maybe a couple of like Sam Adams or course lights and a nice summer breeze. <laughs> yeah, that'll, feeling, that'll yeah. always lube it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then he tells me about how he really is proud of me. No, I'm not just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just busting his chops. I don't want him to. Hear. He he doesn't listen to this anyway. It's uh, <laughs> he's kind of glad that that I kind of have found something that makes me happy. But it's uh, it's good. You know, it's you always want your parents to be super supportive. But 
I want them to be supportive enough to, that that I feel supported, but not so supportive that they're listening to every episode and yeah, you know provi- exactly. providing feedback. On I was just going to say, yeah, stuff. you don't need uh, you don't need uh, personal criticism from every single show about the way you pronounce the word. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now you're making you know commercial art or trying to or getting jobs, illustration, and at the time. You know, I'm going to make an assumption that there wasn't Instagram at that time and there wasn't these kind of oh, social yeah. platforms. No, so, no, no, no. How do you get your foot out? How do you, how do you get your, you know, so, how do you get the word out? Yeah. So the, the, what you did was you created a portfolio and you put your, you know, you, you whipped up your six or eight painting. So there was a couple steps in between there, but we'll get to, okay, I right. want to get into the city and I want to do paperback book covers. Right. So some advice I got early on was create art that looks exactly like a book cover, you know, make sure it's the right dimensions and that any book uh, art director will look at it and go, yeah, I could see that on my book. Don't show them, you know, a painting you did in art school that was pretty cool. And oh, and here's a watercolor. I don't do watercolor, but it came out pretty good. You know, like don't have a portfolio like that. Right. And then you got to put them all in a portfolio case and you're carrying them with you because again, nothing's digital, everything's tangible. And you would drop that whole portfolio off at the publisher's uh, front door. And they had review days. So you knew on Tuesdays that Dell Books would be reviewing portfolios and that, uh, you know, Simon and Schuster would be doing it on Wednesday. So you would just be constantly moving your portfolio around to these places. Uh, They didn't see you when they reviewed your portfolio. You just dropped it off and then you would come back either later that day or the next day and pick it up and move it to the next location. And then there would be, if if you were lucky, at least there would be a note in there that said, you know, hi, you know, we looked at your work. It's very nice, but, you know, we don't have anything for you right now. Or, you know, sometimes you got no acknowledgement that anybody even looked at it. So uh, even that kind of uh, thing was nice to, to uh, even... Even if it was, <laughs> no, we don't like you. That's good right. enough. At least I know somebody looked at it. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, yeah, you just kept moving stuff around. And uh, eventually uh, it took multiple years uh, of that nonsense uh, before we finally landed the first cover. Wow. And uh, yeah, two and a half, three years after I got out of art school. Wow. And uh, that was great. Uh, you know, super stoked. You you get your one book and you think, okay, that's it. You know, this is it. We're going to get going. But, you know, just because you got one doesn't mean the second one is coming right behind it. And, you know, there was huge gaps in time between, you know, your first, your first cover and your second cover, Uh, you know, um, I, I don't have any exact numbers and I'm sure, Every time I bring this up, I, I spit out a different number. But, you know, if I made, you know, $6,000, $8,000 the first year I was, you know, doing illustration, uh, that was, you know, that was it. And then you had to do something on the side to help pay the bills. Yeah. So um, it, I certainly didn't get into it to uh, storm the financial world and uh, <laughs> and get rich. You yeah. know, you were just driven by that, you know, when I look back on it now, I don't know why I had such a, you know, like 
once I started, there was a, there was a no, you know, there wasn't an alternate plan. There wasn't an alternate version. There wasn't anything. There was just, this is it. We keep going forward and yeah. eventually this will, this will pan out. Right. Um, luckily it did. Um, uh, as I get older, I think about um, if it hadn't panned out, I think it still would have been okay because I gave, you know, I was in a hundred percent. And if, you know, at some point it just didn't pan out and I ended up doing something else, I would never look back at it as, Oh, you know, I wasn't successful. It was like, no, you were successful at giving it, you know, your best shot. And, you know, it, just because it didn't, it didn't turn into a million dollars doesn't mean uh, it wasn't worth the while. So yeah, uh, uh, that's the, you know, that's, I, I have a son who's 24 and that's kind of the, the, the only thing I'm I'm trying to convey to him is just when you're doing something, be all in because oh, if yeah. you're not, you're, you're, you're wasting your time. Right. I was like so eager to get back and talk to the students at my college. Like the first time was just to, was just to be like, see, like I did something with my life. And then like actual life experiences now accumulated within that time. And now I get, asked to speak there frequently and, and I kind of sit in with some of the classes and the professors will be like, don't be afraid to like lay into these kids. They need, especially like the, the college students who have come up through the time of COVID. They're like, they need like a, a swift kick in the ass. Don't feel free. So they told me that. And then I went there and I was like, listen, would you venture to say that in this class that one person, one or two people in, in particular are significantly better than the rest of the class and they're all like yeah yeah and i was like great who is it raise your hand and none of them raised their hands <laughs> and i was like yeah but you all know who it is right and i was like this is 29 people here and that's when 29 people show up to this class when you leave college if you want to go work at the best design studios in the world you're going to be going up against thousands and thousands of people and don't think just because you have a smartphone like that's going to make it easier if anything the barrier for entry is just that much easier for people to apply to it they don't have to like you said they don't have to go and drop it off or whatever and i told them i was like if your mindset leaving school is anything short of like 110 percent, i'll show these motherfuckers i will show up here every day anything short of that you're not gonna make it so yeah. it's like you guys should come here every week and get downright competitive because that's what you're going up against. People that are like doing Adderall and staying up all night long and their whole entire life is solely devoted to becoming a great designer or a great illustrator. So you being on TikTok for 75% of your waking hours and then, <laughs> and then thinking you're going to get a job right out of school, it's like it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I thought I went too hard, but my, my college professors were like, yes, that's exactly what they needed to hear. Thank you. You can come anytime. <laughs> I, uh, it reminds me, I, when I first got out of high school, I had, uh, I had just started art school and uh, I had uh, gone to, I went to regular high school, but I also went over to a vocational school uh, for half the day. And that's where I was introduced to uh, commercial art. Mm-hmm. And me and the guy who was the instructor really hit it off. He was, you know, a second dad to me. And uh, he called me and asked me to to come back uh, during those first few years before anything was happening to to talk to the students. And I was like, 
uh, dude, you don't, you don't want me there. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm just struggling and, you know, I don't have any, you know, nothing's really working. And, you know, this is, this is harder, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, that's exactly why I want you here. I yeah. want you to come in and that's the story I want you to tell these kids. And I want you to bring your work too, because he goes, your work is good. You, you brought it a long way and I want you them to see that you're good and it's hard. So, right, right, um, right. Uh, yeah, he brought me in uh, for a number of years, and like you say, I didn't have to go. I didn't have to go hard in the paint. I just had to go. This is what happened yesterday, and this yeah. is what <laughs> so. It, it's good, but it can be frustrating sometimes because then I leave. I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily uh, got through got through to them, but I I planted a seed. Yeah, you planted a seed. An and the other thing that I got out of it, and there was actually. Uh, I got stuff out of it. You know, when you verbalize what you're doing mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of times you're only focused on what happened in the past two weeks or that, or that day or whatever. And then when you go in and tell a story that, you know, you're now covering three years and you, mm -hmm. you know, you go through the steps and even if all of them are hard knock stories, you walk away going, Oh, well, all right. I, I have done, you know, I'm doing stuff. Right. Yes, right. Yes, it's not. I'm not hitting the home runs yet, but I'm up there. I'm taking swings, and I used to walk away going, "All right, yeah, this, I, I get it. This, yeah. I'm doing okay. I just have to keep going." Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Yeah, and that's exactly what this is. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's let's <laughs> let's get this back on the road. I'm sorry for derailing this so much. Goosebumps. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> uh, the goosebumps. The First, the first one, the inception of that, the idea—it's—it's it's synonymous with like that, the culture now. Did you ever in a million years? Well, well, tell me the story. But you know, at the end of this thing, did you ever in a million years think that it would be this? No, no. This so number? we can start right there. Even yeah. not only was it me, uh, the book publishers themselves, um, R.L. Stein. Nobody was thrilled about this. Nobody had, uh, you know, it wasn't, it didn't have that, you know, that tangible, ooh, this is magic. I think something cool might happen here. Really? Um, there was a real reluctance from Scholastic because no one had tried to put out a horror series for kids seven years old to 11 years old. They had done something for the teenage market. And <clears throat> RL was busy doing Fear Street. Um I was still kind of ignorant to the whole business itself. I had done some uh, kids books uh, uh, up until that point or towards the young adult market. So I had done stuff for that. And when it came along and I saw what it was going to be, I thought it was cool. Um, but even the publisher was like, listen, um, we're not sure if this thing's going to take off. So we have this project. We're not going to pay you your usual rate we're going to pay you a little bit less because we're not we're not sinking a lot of money into this thing because we're not sure where it's going uh and but if you do this for us there'll be other books down the road for another project and uh you know we'll take care of you then so i went into it with low stakes but i saw it and i was my impression was oh this is kind of cool you know mm -hmm. I, I, this is a little different than something I've done before. And uh, so uh, we, I did the first book, a traditional 
a horror artist named Jim Thiessen did the second book, Stay Out of the Basement, Mm -hmm. because they weren't sure if they wanted to go, you know, my route, which was more kid oriented, or if they wanted to go, you know, a more traditional horror style. And they said, he's going to do, you do one, he'll do the other. And then whoever we decide on will do the remaining two. There was only supposed to be, as far as I knew at the beginning, there was only going to be four books. Right. So um, they saw them side by side and they, what they liked about mine was the use of color and that the colors were very saturated and they felt that kind of took the edge off the, the problem of it being too scary. Like, that was one way to kind of soften the whole thing up. Love that. So they said, okay, yeah, you get to do the other two. You know, I wasn't doing a dance or anything. Uh, you know, I was just, okay, great. I got two more covers. And the third cover was um, Say Cheese and Die. And then it was at that point where I went, oh, oh, I, I, I get this. We're not only are we doing horror, there's a there's a comical element to this thing. It's that's you know, even the, the title of that is funny. Yeah. And uh so you know, we leaned into that one and you know, there's the family of skeletons barbecuing in the backyard. <laughs> and uh it totally ridiculous and funny and a little horror element to it. And um so it was fun. At the beginning it was nothing more than fun, and um there was so we were moving along but it wasn't we're still in the pre-internet pre-social media stages here so anything that happens is happening totally by you know your guys word of mouth you're telling Mm -hmm. each other that's the only thing that's going to push this thing forward right and um around book six you know so we were they said oh we're going to do a couple more Around book six, the sales weren't going anywhere. And there was, I didn't know it at the time, but I've heard about it in later years, that there was talk about wrapping the thing up and just going, all right, this was an experiment, didn't really take off. These are very mediocre sales, and uh, maybe we'll think about doing something else. And right after that, just from that 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 word of mouth, the book sales all of a sudden took off. Wow. And, I'm by, you know, again, this is total, me just totally just making it up in my head what I think happened. Um, So the books were first being brought in to your school libraries. That's probably where you saw your first Goosebumps book. Mm -hmm. And which was ideal for us because at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of cool stuff going on in a school library. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now we're bringing monsters into the school library. So right. we immediately got your attention. Everybody got excited and goes, oh, this is a series and there's books coming out. And you started to tell your parents, hey, I want to go to the bookstore because the new Goosebumps is coming out. And I may have to wait for a couple of weeks before I get my, t- my turn at the school library. And I think that was where the turn came for sales going up was now I want this book. I'm not going to wait for it to be in my library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's taking me back, but I think that's definitely true. And that was the experience with, with us too. It's like we could go and get stuff from the library, but it was very limited kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then awesome. when you had your own, like you said, the, when you had your own goosebumps, you, that, that was, 
that was collateral. You had you had something. Yeah, it was like uh, not like a trading card, but it kind of had that, yeah. that kind of value to it. I, I was uh, I was being interviewed uh, yesterday, and this uh, this guy is in the uh, uh, he's in the crypto uh, world and NFT world, and he was saying in his head that was his first collectible was yeah. the Goosebumps books. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I was kind of like always just enamored with the covers and with all the different and it was amazing and a real cultural moment with the Scholastic book fairs. And I'm very, very nostalgic for that time and the simplicity of that. And, you know, kudos to like my teachers and stuff like that, because they, they really had the Scholastic book fair. And on top of that, they were doing sort of these almost uh like installations you know like they, yeah, they would have yeah. these trees and the cafeteria would have you know lights and uh it was just a real my wife is a teacher i'm not exactly sure if they do those book fairs anymore do... I, I that's a good question i'm not sure either uh my girlfriend's a teacher but she said if they don't i'm going school. i'm gonna go and become the chief creative <laughs> i officer. think i think there I'm is the a version of, of it going on but i don't know if it had the uh you know like you said it was an event and yes. you know you got some money from your mom and dad and you went in and you got out of class and like you said they converted the cafeteria or did up your library and that's where it was all going down and into like a jungle or something <laughs> or yeah we put they put that sort of uh the paper over the lights and it was yeah yeah, and they, they, yeah again it was a it was an event it must have felt so cool as as somebody who's you know you and i like I always love the term commercial artist because it, it gets it at the heart of like what what it is and, and and it's not it's not hiding the notion that there's you, you know like there's the artiste but I love I love commercial artists because you're 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 doing something like you said there's got to be sales driven but that doesn't mean that it can't be um you know, brilliant or that it can't be fun or engaging. And, and what Scholastic created at that time was really, uh, listen, Scholastic, if you're listening and you know that you are, uh, I, me and my friend Tim here are looking to revitalize the, <laughs> imagine they come, they hit me up and they're like, Hey, we heard your podcast with Tim. We'd love to have you guys in. We're going, I'm going to come pick you up. That's fine. I'll, I'll go with you. I'll, yeah. I'll be there. Um, but that's a, that's a real valid point because the, the, the difference the only difference is if it was if I was calling it fine art, it would be my thoughts and my ideas being conveyed, and I would put the effort into creating the art. As the commercial illustrator, I'm I'm used I'm doing RL's work. This is yeah. his idea, his concept, and I'm the conduit. But the art part of it gets the exactly the same amount of effort, you know, whether it was a fine art piece or a piece, you know, that we're calling, you know, a, a goosebumps cover. I'm trying just as hard because I'm trying to convey someone else's ideas and I'm trying to please yeah. someone else. And um, I like that. I, yeah. you know, like I've been lucky enough to uh, be not only with, with RL, but with other authors and other projects where people describe something to me and it's not hard for me to, to see it or start to see it or get a, get an inkling of whatever that thing is in my head and get it down on paper. Uh, I'm better with, with that stuff than if we all of a sudden, you know, you just said, okay, tomorrow 
make me something cool. Yeah. That would be harder because I would go, I, I, I don't know what's cool. Right? You know, like I'll get it, but yeah. it's not as easy as, okay, here's the new story. And, you know, it's about this giant mutant goldfish and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's going to be such a, a cool, um, I know, I know that it comes with a lot of hard work and tenacity, but that's going to be such a, a it's going to be cool to have that, that gift to be able to do that. Because if you were to leave me in a room for 20 years with procreate and, uh, you know, a litany of different tools and, and I could not make one of the covers that you make. And for you, I know it's been a, a craft that's been honed over time, but it's gotta be, it's gotta feel pretty damn good to be able to like picture in your head and just like, make it like that. yeah I know it's taken I, a long time but yeah so cool. and like you said at the beginning it was much harder because you would have that picture in your head and only some of it would reach <laughs> the end right. of your hand and get down on the paper and some of it would get lost along the way or you just didn't have the skill set yet to to pull that thing off and um yeah it now i'm at, at such a you know i'm at such an age and i've been doing this since i was uh, you know, I, I I started doing it when I was in high school. So, you know, I've done it way giant portion of my life. I don't know. I don't have any recollection of what it was like before I could do it. So yeah. it's just a natural extension. It's something that just happens now. Uh, you know, and I hope, I hope, uh, you know, my hands continue to work and my eyes don't get too blurry and you know, all that stuff holds yeah. up and that I can continue to do it all the way until, until they, uh, till they make that final, final curtain call. For people that are starting out on their illustration journey and they're, and they're looking at you as somebody they aspire to be like, how long was it before you got to a place in your career where you thought I've got this vision, I'm going to do it and then have something close to what was in your mind. How long did that take? It was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you're so humble, um, man. Come on. <laughs> well, no, but <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It is one of those things where, you know, every day it gets a little bit easier because mm -hmm. it's a sheer numbers game. The thing I have to think about now is I've done a lot of pieces. I, you know, I did, a hundred goosebumps just by themselves. And I did a couple of hundred of other things when you're approaching an idea or you get a new concept, somebody calls you in, I got to stop and go, have I done this already? Does this look like something, you know, like, right. does this look like something else? And when I started, you know, you got to catch yourself early on and go, uh -uh -uh, that's, that's this don't, yeah. you know, you can, you can, lean towards it but it can't be you know oh that's you know say cheese and die and i just you know whitewash the side a little and go and, <laughs> okay that's original yeah. and so yeah being conscious of you know am i repeating myself is is a big thing but um the the confident part that was that was a lot of years in where no matter what they told me you know, like there were times where people would go, okay, this is what I want. And I remember, you know, like there'd be that little bit of panic would set in where you're going, holy crap, I don't know if I can do that. You right. know, I've never done that. And I don't know if I can do that. And uh, you, you get there, you know, um, at, you know, in the early days I was working with acrylics 
uh, acrylic paint on illustration board. And the beauty and the reason why I picked acrylic is no matter what, you could paint over something, you know, so if you did a part and it came out terrible, you could either neutralize it with a little white paint and paint over top, or you could just paint over top. So yeah. nothing, nothing was ruined and you had to throw that piece of art away and start all over again. Everything yeah. was fixable. So once you get that in your head, then there's not that, you know, that, that panic goes away of, Oh, I just wasted two whole days and now I'm throwing this in the garbage. Yeah. Now you, you like, I don't like this part. All right, stop, fix that part. The rest of it's good. All right, we'll, we'll get past this. So, uh, and uh, in the digital world, it's, you know, those, that ability is, is there as well. It's a different, it's a different medium, but you have that same thing where most of this is okay. That part right there is, is what's shitty. So right. let's just, you know, concentrate on that and, you know, don't waste any time here. This is all good. Have you crossed over to the dark side? Or are you? Are, have you gone digital now? Or uh, yeah, uh, it was a. We, we were forced into it back in um, the early early to mid two thousands two thousand three two thousand and four. Um, the book publishers at the time made an announcement and said, you know, as of you know a year from now, we're not accepting any more uh, traditional art. You know, wow. The business is digital and you got to learn how to do it. And if you want to stay in the business, um, Damn. learn it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, back then, the the computers weren't as they weren't as awesome as, you know, I got an iMac here with, you know, you name it. I pumped it all in there. It's got nothing but juice in it. Right. You know, back in the day, they ha hardly had any RAM and they hardly had any storage and, you know, Photoshop three or whatever I was using at the yeah. time, very clunky. And the operating system was, you know, like you were dealing, you know, I went from a, uh, a skill set that just had to do with all tangible items, you know, the thickness of the paint and, you know, don't put in too much water and the airbrush, you know, make sure it, it, it's spraying right. It was a very non-technical uh, way of creating stuff. Then all of a sudden, they gave me this piece of equipment that I was totally unfamiliar with, and it didn't work very well, oh. you know, by by the standards of today. So you're now trying to figure out why, you know, is it me or is it this? And I, you know, it was incredibly, incredibly frustrating. Uh, I was, I couldn't have been more disappointed because I thought I had reached some sort of level of expertise with the, the my painting I had it down to a like there was a whole process and technique and yeah. you know all the pieces were you know I would paint it in a cockpit and you know like it was all honed it was a you know I was I was doing you know I was doing martial arts yeah and then all of a sudden they took all of it away and said all right you're a good martial artist but let's see you swim and it's like <laughs> I, I don't know how to swim <laughs> That's crazy. So, uh, yeah, it was the, the first part of it was uh, downright terrible. But same as starting mm -hmm. when you're starting to learn how to draw, you approach it the same way. You're going, all right, little victories, little victories. You start to figure it out. Okay, I see how this works. Oh, all right, that's that's when the computer's crashing because of this. 
and uh, you start to, to learn the process. And at some point, and I can't tell you how long that was, you know, whether it was in two years or in a year and a half, all of a sudden you're going, oh, okay, I, I got something that's looking pretty close to my traditional art, but holy shit, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I can do in here that I could never do with a painting or I couldn't, couldn't do it in that way. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, I can, I can bring in vector stuff. Oh, I never brought in vector stuff. Oh, I can, you know, I can, I can duplicate a pattern, you know, super easy and instead of choosing not to put a cool wallpaper pattern on the wall behind the character, because I haven't got two days. Yeah. To do that. But man, bop, 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 bop. All of a sudden I got a pattern. Right. Oh, so now the thing's opening up all new avenues to me. And, uh, you know, once, and then my equipment got a little bit better. And uh, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, this is cool. I'm on board. I'm all right. Yeah. And uh, so now it's a, um, it's a hybrid uh, what I do. So it's, I, everything still starts outside the computer. I'm still drawing with a pencil and a piece of paper. Uh, I get my sketches pretty tight. And then when it's time to do the color work, that's when that gets scanned in and I do all the rendering uh, inside using Photoshop. And I have one of those uh, Wacom tablets, Wacom. I don't know what the proper, right. I've, been using, I've been using it for 30 years. Right. I still yeah. Don't know how to, yeah. Still don't know how to say it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but so the thing about using the stylus is I'm and you we're still moving our hands in the traditional fashion. So all those things that I knew how to do, you know, when I was a 15 year old kid, those are the same hand motions right. that, you know, I'm doing now. That's amazing. That's fascinating that they would just throw that on, on you like that. Yeah. A lot of guys left. To, to be perfectly honest, uh, okay, I had been doing that traditional style for almost 20 years at yeah. that point. And it was a good swift kick in the ass. You yeah. know, it forced me into a whole new realm. Forced, you know, like I wasn't going to do that. I don't think I would have voluntarily. Maybe I would have. But the idea that I was forced into it was was great. And, yeah. it, you know, made me do it, made me do it faster and uh, it it changed the way I think about my art too. So now I still have all that stuff I learned in the traditional way, but now I have all this information. And now most of the time, what I'm trying to think of is uh, how can I, you know, what what where's the the cool crossover thing that most people don't do that will give your art that little extra spark. Yeah. Uh, that you know shows up where people go oh how'd you do that oh you know what i do i take that back out and you know <laughs> i use the old toothbrush paint trick on it and i scan it back you know whatever it is so yeah that's so awesome as a as a child of the 90s i and and, and i'm i'm not necessarily talking about the tail end of i was too young for like the grunge era and, and all the dark i was more of like the fluorescent neon Nickelodeon, you know, like over the Goosebumps classic, but you know, Lisa Frank, people like yourself, you know what I mean? Like I, I love, I'm hesitant to call it maximalism because it's not exactly the right word to describe mm -hmm. it, but the 90s were a time of imagination and color and just like decadence, you know, like like green goo oozing down the stairs. I'm looking at your thing as, as I'm saying that here. Um, 
as a designer, most for the most part at this point, I'm just talking to people while learning my crap behind the scenes. But as as somebody who wants to put my own point of view on things, I long for a time where things had more character to them and, and not every logo looked the same and things were almost purposely, you know, air quotes, bad, right? You know, you had such a unique color palette and fit in so well with that aesthetic. And I've, I've gotten the chance to talk to some really great designers from that time period, Sean Adams, who did great work at Nickelodeon. And, you know, one of these days, Lisa Frank, I keep putting that out there, hoping that someone hears this. Lisa, come on the show. Do you look at design today and think that it is a little bit uh, stagnant? And, and do you feel that, that maybe in, it needs to return to a place with more, more character? Like, do you ever see it going back to a time like that where they take these sort of, you know, not um, such a cookie cutter approach, you know? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I think everything is, is cyclical. Um, I think what a lot of what we see is um, we get people who have just enough skill to make things happen. And then there's just enough projects where good enough, that's good enough is yeah, right. good enough. So that's where you get the, the artwork where you go, Oh, this looks like that, or I've seen this before. Nothing's new here. There's this plateau. Mm -hmm. And you're 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 gonna have that because of just the ability that anybody can make a logo now. Anybody, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you could teach your mom tomorrow yeah. how to make a logo. Yes. So there's always gonna be that level. On top of that, though, there's gonna be the people like you and I who are gonna be like that's your thing, and you're gonna be pushing past all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be out there. And people, you know, you'll get on the right projects where good enough isn't good enough for them. They want the best and they're going to start to go, yeah, I just don't want it to look like everybody else's stuff and your stuff will start to show up. So uh, I, I think it's a, it's a natural extension. Um, I think people are spending, I think that, uh, maybe a byproduct of the pandemic, or maybe it was just happening by itself. I think there has been a swing back to uh, the value of art and the value of creativity. I yes. think more people are looking at it as a thing, you know, instead of going, you know, there were, you know, there were times where it's like, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I paint and draw and it's like, yeah, but you know, what do you do for a living? Right. And uh, so now people are going, you know, this is important and art is important and being creative is, uh, and these are important things. And um, so, uh, you know, I think it's, it's going to be appreciated by everybody's, you know, a little more desire of going, you know, I'm tired of seeing the same thing. Oh, look at that. That's cool. That's totally standing out. Yeah. I love that and it'll start to get attention and people will be appreciating it. So now I think we're, if anything, I think right now is a better time than, you know, or, or it's, it's the best time. Who knows? Right. The ability now for you or anybody to get something seen is so much easier. 
And like I've done book covers that are in my attic that only a handful of people have seen. They just, you know, they were smaller books. I took them in. I know the art director saw them. I know they printed them. And I know they came right off the shelf, you know, like, and people don't know what they are. I could finish a piece tomorrow and put it up on social media on a couple of platforms and thousands of people will see it in right. a day. And, yeah. and that doesn't even calculate who passes it around and who sees it, you know, besides that, you know, I'm just going by the people who are nice enough to click. Oh, I like that. Right. So <laughs> the exposure of art now is, is so great. And, and you don't have to be, uh, somebody important to to get it out there and if it's good it will find its way around yeah. so uh especially with the visual medium you know the the art and the graphics it's it, it does work for music uh it, it can work for you know writing but the art thing that's the, that's the easy one you're not the commitment from um the observer or the user is instantaneous you, you i only want three seconds of your time do you like this and that's the end of it if it's a song you go oh i need three minutes of your time or eight minutes and then if you're an author you're going here will you sit down and read this over the next you know whether it's a short story or not so the commitment that i'm asking for from the user is very tiny and this right. new this new world suits me wonderful yeah and what's crazy is like this conversation that we're having today, which has been phenomenal, uh, came from, I need new people on the podcast that are awesome. Who's doing dope shit? Let me go check out this like design blog. And then it's like the goosebumps guy. I can get him on the show. And I look at your website and I look at this thing. And then sometimes I get into these conversations so quickly. I mean, like the, 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 yeah. balance, the balance utility of the internet. Sometimes I'm like, wait, what's his name? Like, how does, <laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah. And, it's amazing. And, 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 and it's not like you had to, you know, go jump through hoops. To it was too, it was to too easy. Me. Yeah. yeah it too it easy. just, I'm right. Yeah. It, click, click, click. <laughs> hey, are you the guy? Yeah. I'm the guy, you know. Yeah. So, we're on zoom a week later <laughs> having like a, you know, now yeah. setting yeah. up a lunch date. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate it. Maybe we'll do an, another one in the future or sure. definitely hang out in person, whatever. It's been really great. So uh, where can people find you online? Uh, I know you have a, a website. And also, too, you know, as I've been, you know, as within the last week, I've been completely obsessed with your work and it's been a trip down memory lane. Is there a place where I can get like prints of this or, you know? Do you have yeah. something laying around somewhere? You can maybe put Yeah, I got stuff in. laying around. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you want to go to jacobusstudios.com. Um, that's where you can order uh, Goosebumps prints. Uh, the thing that we also do with the Goosebumps prints is about 40% of the proceeds uh, go to buying food for the local food bank. So not only getting yourself a Goosebumps poster, you can also feel good about what you did and, you know, it, and it's a hundred percent of that 40%, if that's the way you say it, um, <laughs> we take the money right from here. We order the food, we load it in the truck and we drive it down the street. So it's not like we're handing a check to the food bank or there's a middleman in there. It's, you know, it's my son and I loading up the truck and bringing the stuff over and everybody's been very generous and, uh, 
that that's a cool way to go. So jacobastudios.com. Then you can find me. The Instagram link is there. The Facebook link is there. And uh, uh, that's and you'll get you can see what cons I'll be at. All right. Beautiful. I love it. Really, really fun. We've got to hang out again soon. All right. I'll be in touch. Thanks again, buddy. Take care. Take care.